This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. This is Kelly and Ramia. We're here daily, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. And you can check us out on your favorite podcast platform as well by searching for Kelly and Ramia. We got everything up there for you, the whole show, as well as segments that you can share easily uh, because we like kind of giving you digestible content because it is a two-hour show. We talk to various people, contributors and guests and learn about all kinds of things. So might as well make it easier on you. Kelly, over to you. We've got uh, some great guests coming up here, Ron, mm-hmm. because we, we uh, once a month get a chance to look at museums, science centers, and so many different places to walk through nature, um, learn about our environment and, and the world around us. And it's, it's so exciting to get that firsthand, hey, let's learn about it, but also what can we do at it and what's there for visitors? Uh, so let's get into our monthly Science Center segment. And today we're learning about an accessible hatchery, the Mossum Creek Hatchery and Education Center in Port Moody, BC, exists to conserve local salmon habitats and educate the public, that's us folks, on salmon conservation. Again, we get into how much we learn on this segment. President Kevin Ryan and Project Manager for Accessibility, Patrick Dennett, join us to talk a little bit about the place and we'll get a whole bunch of information. Guys, thank you very much for being with us on Kelly and Rumya today. Now, thank you for I having us. Well, appreciate it very much, the time here. So I'm going to start with Kevin. Um, Kevin, what is a hatchery and what public, what, what things can we come and visit and do there? Well, a hatchery is uh, it's, it's considered a, an enhancement facility. So um, salmon right now are uh, under threat from a variety of different reasons. Um, so there are a number of community hatcheries throughout BC um, that try and enhance the production of salmon. So we raise coho and chum and pink salmon, about 120, 130,000 fish every year, and release them into various local creeks. Hmm. Now, that- I'm curious when you say that, sorry, Rum, oh, no. I just wanted to get, when you talk about the endangerment, um, I hear a lot about salmon out that way, out, out in BC, and and that, and you say the releasing into the local creeks around that area. But would we look to this all around Canada as being something that we have to recognize how endangered, uh, or do we have certain pockets or areas that it, it's more of a issue? Um, not to take away from the issue, regardless where it is, of, of course. But I'm kind of curious how wide sweeping. Well, salmon is. Um native to the BC coast, to the west coast of North America. So uh, I can't speak for the rest of Canada as far as salmon goes. I know the east coast have had their challenges as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Our oceans are getting fished out. Um, there's a lot of pollution. There's a lot of plastic problems. There's a lot of the salmon are faced with a number of different issues uh, throughout the world. Uh, so hatcheries are there to try and increase the populations and um hopefully help out the the amount of salmon that's available for not just for people but for animals and you know salmon are a keystone species they they basically provide food for everything from insects all the way up to people and you're 
kind of bringing this education to the, the general public, to students, um, people of all ages through the hatchery. So thank you for clarifying that intention. Um, but I'm curious about what, what would you qualify as activities uh, for people to take part in to kind of get the education out of this? Well, first of all, the, the focus, I mean, we are a hatchery, but our focus is on education. So mm -hmm. we have um, ed two educators that we have hired, um, and we bring in students from all over the lower mainland to learn about the environment, not just about hatcheries, but nature, uh, to learn about the forest, to learn about, I call it like peeling back the onion. Um, you look at a forest and you go, oh, that's nice, nice forest, nice trees, but when you get into the forest, and our educators are experts in this area, they can show you how everything is interrelated. Um, mm -hmm. Everything depends on everything else. And when you affect one area, you impact other areas. Um, right. Something that I just learned a couple of years ago when I was at Mossum, um, they did a DNA test on trees in the BC coastal areas. And the DNA in trees actually has DNA salmon. So it goes to show you that, you know, salmon are eaten by bears, for example, and they're taken into the forest and they decompose. And that DNA actually ends up in the trees. So it's That's unbelievable. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So when you have the, the students there, how do you put them into, into work there, Kevin, the sense of the things they learn? Do they kind of just learn what you guys, what everything that goes on? Is that the experience they're, they're given? We, we have, as I said, two educators, and they're, um, we have to be very um, selective when we hire people because a lot of teachers are comfortable with teaching a single age group. We have everything from pre-K, pre-kindergarten, all the way up to senior high school students and even beyond. So the two educators that we have um, offer a variety of different programs that we have on our website, and we offer them to the public, to the schools. Um, and um, they have a couple of examples. We have one that's called uh, looking at insects. So they'll put bags uh, in the in the creek with leaves in them, and all of the insects go into the leaves. So they take these bags out after a few days, and the kids can actually look and see all the variety of different invertebrates that are in our creeks. Um, and then we can offer something to more senior students like dissecting salmon, because we have frozen salmon in our freezer downstairs. So um, we have a variety of different education programs and the teachers can basically pick whatever they like that matches their curriculum. Nice. Um, I'm Boy, curious like about, because this is educational, but done with a lot of uh, fun and the intention of making sure that, especially for students, like younger students, that the content is engaging. The activities um, give people just like a scope of what to to be present for, what part of these conversations to be present for. So. Let's talk about the accessibility. Um, we'll get into other things in a second, but Patrick, can you talk about the rebuilding of the hatchery with accessibility in mind? Yes, um, the hatchery that you see on your screen is a result of a, the rebuild in 2013 of the original hatchery that was lost in the fire. And at the time, we had no guidelines on what accessibility totally meant and um, so I introduced a number of common sense things but 
when I got into know Rick Hansen and, and found out more about his foundation, I thought it'd be a great idea to, to look at a goal of getting a building in Port Moody and actually the first actual hatchery in Canada to be gold certified under his program. So I got into it with them and we had a meeting and they gave me a checklist of everything that had to be done. So you talk about education. For me, it was a huge education because when you think of accessibility, we seem to have a narrow focus and it is such a broad area. So mm. accessibility in our education now provides um, a means for people with hearing difficulty to uh, hear better through an audio system we introduced. Uh, people with wheelchair uh, needs, um, we now have automatic doors and access that gives them a feeling of being inclusive. We have signage around to direct people on where to go so they don't get lost. There's so many elements to this whole area that is really an eye-opener. And um, um, and we continue to do more to try and make it more inclusive and accessible. And Kevin was talking about our education. You know, education is through, uh, it's a social thing as well. So this gets groups together in a social environment. Now we have an expanded part of the hatchery that includes people with special needs, uh, physical challenges. So the door has been made wide open to open up to the rest of the community that might have felt left out. So we're really proud of this. So that's where we are. And I hope, and does that answer some of your questions? Oh yeah, that's great. Um I'm curious too, because we've talked a lot about the kids. We've talked about the accessibility guys. Can we talk a little bit about somebody coming in off the street? What kinds of things right now uh, will people hear, see, touch, and experience right now at the hatchery and uh, as we go into fall, heading into the winter, if people want to come visit? Well, this is actually a very good time. Um, within the next couple of weeks, we're going to be getting all of our eggs. So um, we have an open, <clears throat> excuse me, an open house every Sunday from 11 till one for the public. So the public can come up and they can um, visit our downstairs um, hatchery and they can see the fish that we have. We've got 4,000 coho in our tubs. And then within the next few weeks, as I said, we'll have a whole bunch of eggs. So we'll have the chum eggs and we'll have a, about 90,000 pink eggs. Uh, and those eggs we have to take care of for several months um, as they incubate and grow into fish. Um, so there's lots for people to see. There's lots for people to do. Um, Rod and Ruth, who are the co-founders of the hatchery, they've been at this for over 50 years. Um, you don't want to talk about dedication. You know, my hat's off to those two individuals because um, <clears throat> they started it as teachers uh, in high school and they wanted, it's called experience, experiential education. Uh, so it's touching, feeling, experiencing, not necessarily being in the classroom. So uh, a lot of the programs that we offer are outdoors and uh, not necessarily just sitting in a classroom. So there's lots of different things for people to come up and, and visit at the hatchery. Right. And do you think that the, I'm not sure if you would consider it urgency, I, I definitely see it that way from where I'm coming in, uh, but the urgency of the challenges and the stats and things that we're quickly realizing are, you know, 
irreversible impact of the way that humans are impacting nature, specifically with this context of salmon. Um, do you think that that urgency or that angle of seriousness of the the complex uh, problem is being um, portrayed through this hatchery and through everything that's being done? Well, well I think... You want to answer that, Kevin? Yeah, well, you know, the hatchery program is, and hatcheries sometimes have a uh, connotation that people don't like, but the hatcheries in our usage, they provide an environment for a survival rate of 98% of mm. the fish that uh, aren't subject to predators in their natural environment until they get released into the ocean. So right. hatcheries play a very, very important role to ensure um, a portion of the stocks, and we get a lot of wild salmon spawning in the creek, which is also very impressive. And you can see anytime you want to come up and view Mawson Creek around Ioka Road, you'll see chum and, and pink and coho in that creek, and it's just nature at work. But the hatchery provide a very important role to provide a, a secure, safe environment for a small portion of these fish to be there for their release in the spring and um, get out and fight all the predators that they have to fight going out to the open ocean through Burrard Inlet. You don't mm -hmm. realize what they're up against. Well, and when you, when you add all the other things that you mentioned before, guys that, you know, the plastics, all the other things that right mm. from the start, if they were out in nature, right off the bat that pose that danger it makes sense to at least give them that head start is that the safest and the best way to put it uh kevin yeah yeah that would that that's that's about right i mean and it, it's a good point that you made about uh you know the impact people have on nature um the more i i volunteer in this area the more i realize how uh, our footprint uh, on this planet is so significant and uh, we need to be more careful with everything that we do. Great example about finding, you know, the, the sign of salmon in the trees because we don't think about one mm. little thing comes to something else, affects something else. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Both of you, Kevin, Patrick, for spending time with us. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Thank you. That was President Kevin Ryan and Project Manager for Accessibility, Patrick Dennett, discussing the Mossum Creek Hatchery with us and Education Center, that is, Mossum Creek Hatchery and Education Center. Check it out, please, folks. Uh, it really sounds like a wonderful visit and a lot to learn. We're going to take a break and come back with our usual roundtable this time of day on Thursdays. And our guest today is Margaret Weldon. She's our former In the Know contributor and a good friend of the show. We'll be back with that to find out what Kelly's got lined up on the roundtable. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.